Frank. It's the second episode of the new year, and you know we have nothing to talk about, right? We just got back from the holidays. Are you doing anything? No. You know, I was joking last week that 2018 was going to be my blank slate year where I don't know, you know, what I'm going to do. I'm all excited. What I realized was the deep, dark truth was I really just don't know what I'm doing, and I'm doing nothing. (laughs) Oh, my God. I... I I woke up this morning and I go, I don't even, should I go back to work? Should I be doing stuff? Like I went into the office (laughs) yesterday. Maybe I'll have an office next week in Redmond. I I don't really know what I'm doing. And I'm like trying to get caught up in my mind and I kind of am struggling. And I don't know if our listeners are struggling at all, but when you're gone for, we were both gone for a solid week, week and a half. And I mean, I didn't spend very much time on my computer. I did, I did build a new website with Mm -hmm. Ubi, which we kind of talked about a little bit. But that wasn't a lot of time. That was maybe a day. I spent a lot of time away from email, away from people. You know, I was just surrounded by family and that was it. So for me, it's almost like I'm readjusting again to my workflow and I'm struggling. Yeah, actually, that's funny you say that because out of two weeks that I was away on vacation, uh, two hours and two weeks, um, I also worked about one day. I, I programmed for one day just because I was just having the itch and I wanted to do something. But even then, I didn't really accomplish that much. So, yeah, I've been kind of away from the keyboard, also having the same problem of like trying to ease myself back in. And so far, it's not working. I've actually come up with like the worst excuse I've ever thought of, but it's working for me. Uh, last year's vacation lasted until January 6th. So this one, you know, I can stretch out for time because last year I stretched it out for that much time. Yeah, that's my justification. And there you go. Yeah, because literally then you would have. Yeah, because that's right. You were gone and you were overseas. And it's also a really weird timing. I think I I blame the the days that the holidays fell on because (laughs) I blame time. That's what I'm blaming. Okay. Time. Okay. Great. Okay. Uh, so we're lazy so the holiday, or time is bad. Which one is it? it? <laughs> both. Uh, so, okay. I mean, this holidays fell on a Monday and then I took off Tuesday. So now I'm back and I'm like, you know, I think that's my struggle is now it's only a three day week, but then I'm like, oh, the weekend's right there, you know? And I don't know. I'm starting to get back into the flow of things. I think slowly creep and crawl out. I've been mm-hmm. back into GitHub. But then when I look at GitHub, it was so nice. Here was the thing, Frank, everything <laughs> was nice for a week and a half. There was no new issues. There was no email. Oh. I mean, they trickled, right? They trickled. Yeah. That blue dot stayed so far away for so long, that evil blue dot on github.com. It yeah. felt good. That's funny. I'd even think of it that way because I was also browsing the GitHub, you know, just checking in on all my projects, seeing what issues were coming up, seeing if anyone's responded to any of my issues, you know, in their repositories. And you're right. Like, I normally don't do that. I just don't browse GitHub. That just sounds like a terrible thing. But I was doing that on vacation. And I wonder if you're right that it was just because it was such uh, a smaller amount of traffic, just less coming in. So more that you could absorb and get through. That's yeah, good. I felt like... I feel like I use the internet differently in the last few days, or at least the last week. I've been listening to more podcasts, like kind of exploring things. And now I have to go back to work, though. Like I actually have to work. This is a real thing. I, I, I talked to Joseph today, and he told me that I had things to do. And so I think, you know, this is a struggle. And we kind of sat down to talk about what we we're going to talk about in the second week of January. And we didn't really have any clue. I mean, oh, my God, we, no, uh, we have no idea. And. It's been interesting because we've done now, this is our 79th uh, actual episode with, I think, a total of 81 episodes. And mm-hmm. we always have a topic. People are like, let's talk about more <laughs> AR. Let's talk about more of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. And I think 
What's interesting is that we've had a great amount of feedback from our listeners and we had a bunch of awesome people, um, you know, actually subscribe to our Patreon page and give us a lot of love, which I think is amazing. So I figured, you know, since I have nothing else to really talk about, I mean, we'll come up with the topic here, but <laughs> I want to just really thank first before we get into it, um, the people that have pledged some money, we started a Patreon. This was a big thing for us um, here on the podcast. We feel like we're kind of a real podcast. We have lots of people that listen. We have some awesome sponsors, but we already have people like Luce, Mike, another Mike, Russell, Jacob, <laughs> and Damien. I'm not going to say last names, but all have already pledged to be our Patreons or on our Discord chat. They're chatting with us. It's a lot of fun. So I like that we started 2018 <laughs> off a real different with the podcast. I don't yeah. Know. Oh, it's super exciting. Thank you, everyone, for that. Uh, and on the Discord note, that's a little benefit of becoming a, a Patreon. What do we call them? Patreon patron? It sounds a little weird. But Patrons. anyways, yeah. <laughs> for becoming a patron, you get to hang out in our little private chat room. And I'm still having a little technical difficulties on my side, along with getting back to the topic of I'm not <laughs> easing myself back into work that I haven't been in the chat room very much yet, but working on it myself because it's fun having a little community like that yeah and i think for this year to, to get back into to the swing of things if we kind of take a look at that topic of how do you get back into it i mean for me i really need to readjust readjust my focus of like my daily things that i do so my routine right so i have this routine that I put in place to get started. I think we kind of talked about it kind of, since I work from home a lot, I want to make mm -hmm. sure I get up, you know, I make <laughs> coffee, I take a shower, <laughs> I put on clothes. That's important. Um, I just don't roll out of bed and get into it. I, I try to like wake myself up in the morning and I find myself struggling that over the holidays, this was a, a trend with a lot of people that I talked to in the development community when I asked them what they did and they said that they slept. They just, with yeah. a lot of sleeping happening. Yeah. Uh, I'm certainly in that camp. You have a much more productive morning than me. My morning happens in many shifts. I wake up, I lay in bed for an hour, <laughs> then I like actually work because I find I'm very productive in the morning, and then I shower and then I get dressed. <laughs> so I'm a much more slow morning person, but that whole schedule has been thrown off. Um, I like to think because I traveled on a vacation, I got a little benefit uh, coming back to the West Coast, jet lag, and I'm waking up two hours earlier than I normally do. And it's good because I'm feeling actually kind of productive in the mornings now. I kind of like hop right on the computer and write little bits of code of any idea I'm thinking of. I like that. That's, I need to, I wish that it would have happened for me because I did come back from like Minneapolis and we did have mm -hmm. crazy flights, but it just didn't hit me. I don't know. Maybe I just need to go to bed earlier uh. and readjust. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, sleep is good. I think that's the lesson we all should take from the holidays is actually relaxing is good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we'll figure it out and we'll really tackle something out. But Frank, you did something this week. Was it last week? Was it this week? Did you buy a new uh -huh. iMac Pro? Oh, gosh, we're going to bring this up. This is really embarrassing, dude. I can't I believe to. it. Okay. Uh, so yes, I did. Um, punchline, doorbell ring. I don't know. What is it? I feel really bad. I, I, I was trying to talk myself out of it for an entire month. The entire month of December, I was convincing myself I wasn't going to buy this thing, even though if I looked deep down in my heart, I knew I was going to buy one. And <laughs> what it came down to was I was actually compiling continuous, um, the IDE for the iPad and compiling that 
puppy <laughs> takes a really long time on my uh, MacBook Pro 2013. So I haven't bought a computer, uh, my, um, one of my computers since 2013. And I just decided, you know what, it's ridiculously expensive. But if I just ignore the price, I really want one. <laughs> so I bought it. <laughs> And it actually is kind of the topic I wanted to kind of chat about, which is we've talked about our ideal setup. We've talked about what we like, but when is it a good time to actually buy new hardware and mm-hmm. update? It's kind of like it's a new year. Is it time to upgrade our development environment? And Ooh. let me tell you, that was a topic I was getting to. I know that it was a long way to get there. And thanks to all of our <laughs> okay. listeners. But that's what I really wanted to go for, because I'm sitting here in front of me and I have a MacBook, which seems to be pretty good. I have my Surface Book, which is a few years old. And mm-hmm. then I have some devices. And in fact, I have an iPhone 6, not even a 6S or a 7 in front of me. And that thing's still pretty fast. But then I can't do AR kit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have some of the other sensor technology. If I wanted to even get into some of the new facial recognition stuff with um, um, whatever the face kit thing is called, I can't <laughs> do that. I think it's called face kit. That's what I'm going with. It, it um, is. Is it face kit? Amazing. I mean, nothing if not consistent. (laughs) Yep. And then I have a Galaxy S7 Android device. And I used to just test on older Android devices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I got this one after the Connect. And it's amazing. Like everything is faster. Like you talk about how an iPad Pro, you're like, well, it's time to upgrade finally. But I've been, I've always told people, just get a really cheap Android device and test on that Mm -hmm. or a really full Mm -hmm. iPhone. But then, no, maybe not. Maybe just no. not. Get, do it. Uh, now I'm jealous. Even though I just bought a ridiculously expensive computer, you just made me jealous for a stupid $1,000 device. <laughs> but um, I've been wanting one because I'm actually interested in the VR side of um, the Galaxy stuff, the thing Samsung mm. is doing. Uh, they seem to be kind of the only good mobile VR thing. And honestly, I don't even know how good it is because I've never gotten to use one. But at least they're promoting it and John Carmack is promoting it. They're all talking about it. So I've been wanting to at least try that or preferably buy one, but I haven't been able to justify it. So I'm getting a little jealous because that's what I need, like a Galaxy 6 or 7 or something. I don't even know what they're up. They're up to 8, right? They're up to 8 currently, and then I think okay. the 9 will come out this year. So, Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm really behind. But they're not yeah. dropping in price. You still have to pay like five, 600 bucks for a Galaxy 6, I think. Yeah, they're definitely up there in price, and they're really nice devices. And I think that's why it's interesting, because if I look, I don't know what configuration you did, but let's say you drop five to ten thousand dollars on a new iPad Pro. <laughs> oh my god oh please i didn't get that high don't don't even put that thought in people's heads no I did the i'm conservative <laughs> so there's standard configuration and then there's top recommended at ten thousand but i'll just say, i i have to ahead. say because it's a it's an important thing uh you have to brag about your mac but i just went with a standard configuration but i did bump up to the 10 processors because okay when you can have eight why not have 10 you only did 32 gigs of RAM? Are you a farmer or what? Yeah, come on. What do you need with 32 gigs of RAM? Ugh, it's not like I do anything. I edit text files all day. That's what I do. That's my job. Text okay. editors. How glamorous. <laughs> well, I think that's what's important is, is when we look at when should we upgrade it. I, I'm actually in the same spot as you. I have an older uh, Surface Book. Um, I have a MacBook Pro 2013, which is actually our build server. And a funny thing happened when you were telling me that you bought an, an I, iMac Pro and, and I didn't I didn't judge at all. I go, mm-hmm. Frank is a professional iOS developer like he lives and breathes 
iOS um, and oh. Mac development, and it's your life essentially. If you can, if you can sit down and you can compile an app that used to take what you said seven minutes and let's say mm-hmm. a minute, you've just increased your productivity by like what six x, six hundred x, or something like that. Like that's just an astonishing amount of time that you don't have to think about. And I think for the avid user, th- this pro, this this iMac that has pro in the name is like <laughs> a real pro device. It's not a MacBook Pro, which is fine, which is pro, but this is like a real pro device, right? If you were rendering graphics, if you are compiling applications, if it's your build server, like this thing is going to crush through things. And I think that's what's kind of important when I look at upgrading my hardware. And I didn't start thinking about it until I was listening to Gruber kind of talking about why he was buying one on the talk show. Did he? And I started looking at my devices and I'm like, all my stuff is kind of old. And then mm. I felt kind of bad. Like, <laughs> should I be updating? I don't know. Well, wow, I have so much to say about everything you just said. We'll start with the last point, though. Um, I remember seeing another video with John Carmack. Sorry, I obsess over him, but I do. Um, <laughs> he was talking about uh, when they were building Wolfenstein, the old video game. They were using these Next machines. That's Steve Jobs' second company that he went off and built this really high-end but really weird hardware that had sales, and it was excellent, but it was uh, expensive, really expensive. But they built, you know, this DOS, this stupid you know, 386 game on these really high-end nice machines. I thought, well, you know, if it's good enough for Carmack, maybe I can have a nice <laughs> machine too. But um, I, I had real justifications too. Um, the computer that I do a lot of development on, it's not supposed to be my main machine, but it's my laptop and it just ends up being, I just end up doing a lot of work on it just because, you know, it's around the house, that kind of stuff. And I keep running out of hard drive space on it, right? It's just like an old computer and I fight it and I do full partition analysis and see every possible file I can go delete and I've deleted every single one of those. And, you know, it's just like, it's getting long in the tooth you know over the years you just collect more data that's what we do in the digital world and even just something as mundane as the hard drive just being too small just this gets to be a growing pain after a while and then the last point you mentioned productivity and i agree compiling seven minutes down to one minute is definitely a productivity boost but honestly more importantly it's just a frustration decreaser for me it's like Mm. in seven minutes like I'll go on Twitter, I'll completely forget what I was doing while I'm waiting for this thing to compile, or I'll be like off in the kitchen making a snack or something, you know, seven minutes is just too long to wait. And so getting it down is worth every penny. Yeah, I could see that. I think that, you know, I I have this MacBook Pro, which has been our build server for our live player application. And mm-hmm. I did mention that I have a lot of builds and it takes around 25 to 26 minutes. Oof. Wow. Um, yeah. And even that has me thinking about upgrading to a really high-end machine because right now for me to go from committing code to having a, a, a something that's shippable and tested and released, yeah. it's going to take an hour, which mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like a lot, a lot amount of time, but it does if you're committing code actively. So if we're both working on it, there's one build happening at a time. So they're just sitting mm-hmm. there, right? And people would then say, well, just push it up to the cloud. And like I could do that and I could have multiple machines, but there's still these, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be an iPad Pro right inside yeah. of some <laughs> machine. There's still limitations. I have no idea what the specifications are of whatever those are. So I think to me that that's the other thought that I had on my mind, not that I'm going to buy an iMac Pro, but the <laughs> idea that maybe I should think about upgrading these kind of bits and pieces 
um, of yeah. my development process. Not that I have to do them one at a time. I would say to your point of just kind of productivity and what you're being annoyed by. Are you annoyed by slow build times? Are you annoyed by your, you know, long time that your device takes to boot? <laughs> you know, that yeah. those are things. <laughs> My Nexus 6 takes a minute to boot. Well, guess what? The new Pixel 2 takes five seconds, right? So if that's some of your frustration, try to eliminate some of that frustration um, a bit at a time. Yeah. It's funny what you were saying about the uh uh, waiting for a build because I always made the argument well you should never be waiting for a build because like your team should have a process in place where um, people get to their job and it's like queued up in a system and you just DQ from that system but that's not how the real world works the real world is I need a patch in here now because I have to do something now and give a demo or I have to like yeah it's usually a demo someone needs to demo something to someone and so like they need a fix in now and that's the time when you're just like staring at your build server like oh god why aren't you faster yeah but <laughs> <laughs> there's all these little things that are kind of you know bringing or holding you back in a way in fact I, i'll tell you a story today what happened which doesn't necessarily have to do with hardware it was all cloud builds and cloud deployment but also waiting on external services to do this which kind of has me just thinking about this refresh and, and how maybe i'm going to change some of my process in 2018 but i was updating some some plugins today Mm -hmm. And I as was updating do. as I do. Um, I was I was productive. See, I worked a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I was updating my permission plugin. We had some some workaround fix that the community had contributed, which was cool. And I updated some code, and I pushed that up into into NuGet version two two zero. And mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, I wanted to actually change one more thing. So I then oh, <laughs> went and then published 221. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> and um, then, you know, once you build it, which only takes a, a few minutes and then you publish it, uh, which takes a few more minutes. So I'm like, all right, now mm -hmm. I'm at about five, six minutes after I commit code. Now it's on NuGet. And then NuGet has to actually process it. So it oh, doesn't, I it know. has to index it, right? So yeah. it's not like it's just live. So like this new Microsoft, who's running those servers? Can't they buy some bigger hardware or like do I something? Know. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine how this program was written. The indexing takes it so long. It's just it's a stupid file. Crack it open and throw that data in a database. What's the big I, deal? I guess. So I then like am going to work on my other NuGets, which of course are, have a dependency on this other NuGet because I want to update all, all the things that are depending on this. <laughs> sure. And I'm just sitting there hitting the refresh button in NuGet for like 20 <laughs> minutes until it updates. Dates, right? It's ridiculous. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you, you like catch a window. I don't know if they're batching it or what's going on, but yeah, sometimes it's fast. Other times it's 20 minutes. Well, the funny yeah, thing is like I, the 220 <laughs> went live and it came up right away. And then the 221 took like 20 minutes. So like it must have been batched, <laughs> right? It must have been just like this little batch or whatever. <laughs> See, but. I want to complain about that too. But the truth is, um, I, I submit my nougats from the command line. I'm, mm. I'm old fashioned like that. And they, added this required command line parameter, which requires that you put the server address in there somehow, but they call mm -hmm. it a URL. It's called the source URL. I guess the idea is that you can have multiple repositories and upload to multiple things. Mm. But the thing is, I never know what to put there. And so I have to spend 20 minutes on Google trying to remind myself what the stupid argument is. And there's like no good doc that just says, put this here. Instead, you, I'm reading like Stack Overflow posts and trying to like guess from other people's things like what to put in there. Truth is, there's a million different things you can put in there and they all work. But you just got to remember which one to do and all that. So I'm not waiting for their server in this case. This is pure human. Won't write a script. 
I just should write a script. You should probably <laughs> write a script or use some sort of CI server. I'm just saying. Oh, that's um, weird. Frank. But before we figure out what the heck we're going to talk about next, let's take a quick break here and actually thank our amazing sponsor this week, who is um, an amazing company that makes me super productive whenever I use their NuGet packages in my app, which is our good friends over at Syncfusion. Yes, you know Syncfusion. You love Syncfusion because we love Syncfusion. Syncfusion has been making just all sorts of development better for many years. And they do that by building the industry leading components, controls, and tools on the market. They have over 850 of these different components and controls from big data, dashboards, integration, bar charts, graphs, sliders, widgets, any type of custom control that you're missing in your application that you want, whether it's iOS, Android, Xamarin Forms, ASP.NET, WinForms, UWP, you name it, they make it. It's amazing. You're like, oh, I need this this fancy chart with this thing and I need it to explode and I want it to do get the habit. You need an optimized list view and you need grids and you need a rotator view. They got you covered. Um, so it's the first place that I go whenever I start to build a new application. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of sketching and I think I might put this little type of thing over here. Oh, that's not in the box. So I could spend weeks trying to reinvent the wheel and build a bar chart or graph or this optimized list view or slider thing. No, Syncfusion's got you covered. So where do you go to learn more? Because Syncfusion has a free community edition. If you're a small independent shop under five devs making under a million dollars a year, it's completely free. If you're over that, they have a flat rate fee for all of their products. It's awesome. Just go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict to learn more. It's syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. And thanks again to Syncfusion for sponsoring the show. Thank you, Syncfusion. Yes. That is one thing I know this episode that we were going to talk about was <laughs> that we had an amazing sponsor. So look how far we plan ahead. I know. Uh, so I, do you feel I, good about all of your, your current development setup going into 2018? You have your iPad, iMac pro coming mm -hmm. in or what's up? I think we should call this episode. Frank justifies getting an iMac pro <laughs> something like that. Mm -hmm. Cause I just want to say one more thing. Cause yeah, on the dev side, um, I finally will have a retina screen that I'm using mm. and that just sounds like a luxury, which it completely, is but it also means that i'll actually start paying attention to retina quality in my apps <laughs> there's this terrible bug with the uh, uh kelka for windows where it does not do well on a retina screen and that's because i always run windows in a little vm that's not running on a high resolution screen so i never test it i'm not dog fooding it myself so lots of little bugs slip in so finally i'll actually be forced to make sure that all my apps work on a retina screen and so there my dev setup it's getting better and i feel even more justified yay <laughs> i think that it's what what's an interesting statement about that is is also something that's very true to how i build applications is that it really seems like my applications work best on the very specific hardware that mm. I happen to own. <laughs> yeah, huh, weird coincidence. I wonder if there's any causal effect there. We, we could never know, though. Yeah, I mean, I think we've said it in the past that me as an Android developer, my apps kind of shine on Android because I use <laughs> Android on a daily basis, where on the flippity-flop, oh, yeah. it's very oh, different. God. You just brought every nightmare to my head. Deep down in any cross-platform developer's heart is that knowledge there that you tend to give more uh, love, let's say, to the... Well, it's it's justified, too. You know that platform inside and out. We've talked about that before. Um, but in this case, like, it's an actual utility. Like, I've been missing out on this feature of a retina screen for a while. Like, And 
it's it's the fact that we're our own QA department. You know, I have beta testers, and I love it when people send feedback. But the amount of bugs that I personally have to catch is way more than th- hopefully, hopefully, my users will ever catch. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think even for me, if I start to look at my setup here with where I have my devices, which are kind of upgraded a bit, I do have an iPad. I think that was the hardest part is for me, you know, I make a lot of plugins, but that also means I need to test on a lot of hardware. So to me, it's important Mm -hmm. to not only have an iPhone, but to also have that iPad Pro that's over there (laughs) so I can test it. Because guess what? These things are different, right? To have an Android tablet, to have you know, different size MacBooks to be able to put it in a high resolution screen. In fact, right now I'm just looking at two 1080p screens in front of me because two years ago, three years ago, I decided, oh, I don't need 4K. I don't need (laughs) 1080p is good enough for me. But then I look at the iMac Pro where you have so much screen real estate and you're so you can you can take so much in at a time. If you have two of those, you know, two monitors or Mm. two 4K (laughs) monitors side by side, there's productivity (laughs) boost, right? (laughs) You know, I'm not a multi monitor person for some reason. I'm I'm just not good at it. I I just tend to just look at one big monitor. I I mean, ideally, I would just have a giant wraparound monitor. I think that's all I want. And the split monitor just doesn't doesn't work for me, buddy, unfortunately. But I have a, I can justify another iPad Pro story there. I was doing, uh, I was doing some work with core animation lately and, Mm. uh, I forgot that that little device runs at 120 hertz. It's a fast little screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I would totally locked in a bunch of code, assuming everything runs at 60 hertz because that's what everything does on iOS. The screen refreshes 60 times a second. But now that little guy running at uh, 120 hertz, twice as fast. You got to make sure your code works on there. So what does that mean? Does that mean that you were, were you hard coding animations for 60? It's not 60 frames yep. a second or it was 60 frames it is. a second. Yeah, it uh. was 60 frames and now it's 120 frames per second. And so it wasn't bad. It just, you could tell my animations weren't as smooth as they should be because, you know, the rest of the operating system is running very fluidly. But then mine are looking only in comparison. Like you can never tell otherwise, but side by side, you could tell. And that was because I hard coded that 60. Oops. So is this so is this something that you didn't realize until you actually put it on the device? And then how did you get around it? Or how did you, you know, actually fix it? Oh, okay. So um, I've totally known about this. I know the device is 120 hertz, but I guess this is the difference between knowing something and trusting that your code does the right thing. <laughs> in my code, in my case, the code did not do the right thing. Um, I had a um, a spinning loop, basically driving animations um, on iOS. There's a more efficient way to do this, but you can actually synchronize with the video controller itself and it'll send you an event every time uh, the screen refreshes. So the idea there is you do all your drawing in between these events and that way everything is synced up very nicely to the screen. And that's how I should have written it. And that's not how I wrote it. <laughs> Instead, I just did a for loop with a little, you know, wait <laughs> and sleep, <laughs> which is usually fine, except for when you realize you're on the... Um, you're missing out on taking advantage of what the hardware is capable of. Got it. Interesting. Total cross-platform mistake. (laughs) I would have never even thought about it, to be honest with you, because while I knew that, like, that's the interesting part about hardware, right, is that people think it's, you you create one application and it just works everywhere. Well, it doesn't necessarily just work everywhere. You can just look by Mm -hmm. just the libraries we create, where libraries are literally just calling 
APIs, but on Android, those APIs can work all sorts of different ways. And on different <laughs> versions of iOS, things can work all sorts of difference. So does this mean going into 2018? Is it is the device drawer coming back? Is this an important part? Oh, no, because <laughs> I am totally ignoring reverse uh, backwards compatibility these days. Yeah, I, I am like... I almost want to say my iOS apps are going to be like require version 11, but I won't go there. I'll, I'll require 10 or something. But I, I've played the backwards compatibility, making sure it runs on old hardware game long enough. If nothing else, I'm going to go with the I want stuff running on new hardware. Very nice. I don't want to hold back my apps. Like for the longest time, iCircuit ran on iOS 6. And the amount of like code forks I had to have in there to make that work was just too much. And so I've just, you know, torn that code out because it was just a maintenance nightmare. You just got to move on and not let that kind of stuff hold you back. So theme of 2018, I guess, is new, faster, shinier, (laughs) proer. Yeah, I know at least one thing, even though I may not have the most recent hardware in the world, what I've been trying to do, at least in my developer setup is testing on the latest operating system versions. I know we kind of talked about me and my OS, you know, impressions mm-hmm. for the year. <laughs> but what I'm noticing is that it's, you know, for me, I, I'm looking at these little red numbers on iOS. So like, hey, I should probably really make sure that I'm testing all my plugins on iOS 11.2.1 and then when oh, 11.3 when every single time, just like, hey, let's just make sure. It's really hard to go back, which is the the struggle, right? But have a device that is always, you know, always up to date on the latest version. Um, and I think that's where the device drawer actually kind of helps. I mean, I know that you could mm-hmm. think about, um, you know, putting this up in test cloud and creating all this stuff. But like you said early on is we want to crush code and we don't want to have to wait around <laughs> for other services that are, are part of the <laughs> statement. But when I need to test something, I need to test it now. So, um, I actually yeah. think that the device drawer, well, maybe not this device drawer of old devices, are important, but this kind of yeah. device drawer of little bit better devices that we want to test on, maybe uh, you're right, are important. You're right. I, I immediately jumped to my horror stories because that's what I think of when you say device drawer. I think of like my Apple 3GS sitting there and I'm like, hmm, should I be testing my software on that? No, no, you should not be. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, a, a diversity, a diversity drawer, I guess, is what we should have and test on. Boy, that <laughs> that doesn't sound good, though. <laughs> Can't we just test on iMac Pros? Hasn't everyone just bought an iMac Pro now? <laughs> I think so. Is that so? Is that going to be your recommendation for for everyone if that's your ideal setup? I, iMac yeah, Pros minimum requirement: ten CPUs, uh, thirty two gigs of RAM. Because obviously, I'm just going to generate fractals and take it all up. I don't know what you're going to do with thirty two gigabytes of RAM. I guess if you're Gosh. in the AR VR space, though, this is going to be the first time that a Mac piece of hardware is really optimized for the AR VR. I know that you're a big AR VR fan. So is mm-hmm. it, I mean, to me, what's exciting, what I would have thought you would have brought up as your reasoning for this is that you wanted to get into an AR VR world on your, oh, on your iMac. Don't worry. I just thought we still had, a, I thought we weren't allowed to talk about that on the show, you know, so I just try to keep it off the show. But yeah, I can totally justify this. Uh, one actual justification was I wanted to try Apple's external GPU 
and mm. that's a AMD RX 580, something like that. But you connect it with Thunderbolt 3, and none of my computers have Thunderbolt 3 because they're uh. all 2014 and earlier. So I actually did have a small, another justification. Woo, someone should have a scorecard. And <laughs> so another reason for getting this is just getting the modern connectors and things like that. On top of it, yeah, I guess the computer has a decent GPU in it. Uh, it's a little tricky. Apple's fallen quite behind in the neural network space. But uh, AR, I'm curious, but I own so many goggles already, and I'm pretty sure none of them are compatible with the Mac, which means I'd have to buy even more goggles. And I don't know if I can get myself to do that. So we'll see if I do any AR on the Pro Mac. <laughs> Is that the struggle that once you buy the iMac Pro, you can no longer afford to buy any other v- <laughs> anything that works? <laughs> I've been cut off. No more purchases this year. I'm allowed toast and some butter, and that's it. <laughs> Otherwise, get back to work and generate some revenue write an app you know <laughs> so so when do you get it is it in is it in your house so i get to play with it no if i hadn't hesitated for all of december i would have had it by now <laughs> but instead i waited until i believe december 31st and ordered it so it should be here next week or something like that we should, we, we can do an unboxing I can talk about that. That, I can that really bore Fra- people to tears. <laughs> that means that Frank was until the last moment debating whether that this was uh-huh. a business expense or not. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, uh, consult your accountant. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, that may I, or may not have been a deciding factor. Yeah. Well, Frank, I have enjoyed um, grilling you on the I- iMac Pro purchase, <laughs> but we do have a serious. I feel- <laughs> Awesome. I feel justified. This is You're justified. Great. Thank I, you. I, this I, felt great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This may be one of the oddball merge conflicts and that people have listened to, but I've enjoyed it so far. I am cracking up over here. Um, so we did have a listener feedback, um, which I really wanted to get to because it was from last week's episode, which was our um, kind of holiday special in a way. It was kind of kickoff 2018 in a weird, mm-hmm. wacky way, and just kind of like this episode. But Holly wrote in with an awesome... I would say counterbalance to my disappointment of the year. If you remember, oh, I like this already. Yeah, yeah this is going to yeah. be good. It, it was Holly's merge conflict to um, <laughs> to to my impressions. <laughs> awesome. So if you, if you remember last year um, or the last episode, my big disappointment was the last the latest generation of operating systems. I was kind of disappointed by the enhancements and changes to the operating system, and I, I kind of. Uh, I tried to validate myself in, in a few different ways, but maybe I can reback myself up. But Holly wrote in, she says, James commented that he was unimpressed by the latest generation operating systems. And uh, Holly says, while you are correct that there are no revolutionary changes to any of the major operating systems, I would argue that this is a feature, not an omission. <laughs> That sounds like a cynic. (laughs) mm -hmm. So uh, Holly says, if Microsoft's history is any lesson, dramatic and ambitious changes can be exciting, but they are the uh, antithesis of productivity. Throughout the progression from 2000 to XP to Vista 7, 8, 10, each of those steps, even Windows 8 and Vista, were new and exciting at the time. Yet each was a huge setback to productivity um, because they were disruptive changes. By comparison, if you look at a Mac user and put them in front of an iMac using macOS X Panther 10.3, they may notice some difference icons or Chrome, but the core operating system and UI is almost the same as High Sierra. Um, 
And really, Holly brings this up, and it says in the email, because um, she believes that many developers discount the importance of continuity, especially in mobile, which is what we talk about so often, of throwing away old UIs and slapping on new behaviors and full redesigns. Where do we, Frank and James, see the balance between Mm. disruption and boring? How do we know when we've reached it. Yeah, there were questions at the end, Frank, which could have Ouch. been the whole po- episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I was about to volunteer. We could make a whole episode out of this because it's an excellent point. Um, and I was about to argue, uh, she she was arguing for this side of uh, having this break in the schedule so that apps can focus on quality and their own feature work rather than chasing the features of the operating system to make sure we're all caught up. Mm-hmm. But then she threw in that balance question okay so now it's a balance question sure because obviously i I wanted to make the argument that new features are what i live for and in my heart i'm a technologist i just want to see these technologies advance and get more sci-fi and do weirder and crazier things that's all i want so i love that kind of disruption from a user side but definitely over the years as a developer i've learned that it's quite it, it can be painful, but sometimes it's, we make it out to be worse than it is uh, chasing the operating system. It's frustrating and annoying to have code break, but at the same time, I, I think overall um, the progression of the operating system is important. But none of this even mentions all the critical parts of like a company like Apple needs to focus more attention on some things and other things at different times. So if they need a break year, then it's fine that it's a break year and that it all, you know, coincided with Microsoft and everyone else, then that's just how it came out. And so I'm fine with that too. So yeah, it's a balance. As a user, I want fast. I'm fine with fast. I'm fine with things breaking. Productivity is not my God. Efficiency is not my God. I want to have fun in life and enjoy all this stuff. So I don't mind that chaos. But then as a professional engineer, yeah, it's it's annoying as all heck. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, when I look at operating systems over the last year, I guess I, I'm i not sure exactly why I was so unimpressed or disappointed by all the operating systems, because I, I like all the operating systems, and that's to their credit, that they've gotten to a place where I enjoy them, I know what I'm doing, and, and Holly's right, like there is a staple that when I grab an iOS device or an Android device, even if it's actually, you know, even if it's a Galaxy device or a Nexus device, I can pretty much get around pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I can grab an iPad Pro or I can get on my Mac. I can get around really easily no matter what the devices are or the operating systems, whether it's a iOS 11 or iOS 12. Mm-hmm. I think that it, it, the disruption is correct. I mean, if you were to look at I, iPhone X, um, there were pretty dramatic changes to the operating system to go along with the hardware changes that came about with it. And that definitely disrupt. It was a new learning activity um, for people. But I think those things are good sometimes. I think that there is a need sometimes to progress the change. Uh, but again, I, I think as a software developer, I hate when people change stuff. I think Holly's yeah. correct. <laughs> I I was I was booking a flight. I was go, trying to go on a flight home on American Airlines, and they go, they just rolled out a brand new. So they were telling me they're like they just rolled out a brand new system, and we're all trying to learn it, mm-hmm. and we're all trying to go. And it took what, the, what she's like. The, the lady was helping me. And she goes, "What took me one minute to do now takes me fifteen minutes." Right? Yeah. 
And now in a month from now, in a week from now, in five days from now, it may take her a minute. But right now that disruption is huge and it really does slow down things. And I've seen this time and time again in food industry or in banking or in restaurants where when you change that, your your core mindset, you've, you're, you're swapping it, right? It's like when I went from WinForms to XAML, some people <laughs> got it and some people didn't. Some people just, you know, the UI yeah. paradigm. It's like learning something brand new. So I don't know when you, when you reach that balance and maybe... It is that Google and Apple and Microsoft, we've reached that balance, right? We're like, hey, we've made all these crazy dramatic changes we want to iterate and we'll throw in one or two little crazy things that you may not know. It's not a dramatic overview. Yeah, and I think we we shouldn't expect revolutions either. I think that's an unhealthy Mm -hmm. thinking. Real progress is made incrementally over the years. It's not fun to think of, but that's just the reality of the situation. So every year you wish for the whiz-bang features, and I think we actually got one of those years with the iPhone X. But I have to brace myself for the three in-between years when we just iterate on that design. You know, that's, that's the normal progression. So I just, I try to take that bigger perspective of things are marching along, you know, that's the pace they go. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. And and I think that's okay. I mean, while I think I was unimpressed and maybe I was unimpressed because it was a down year and maybe I was supposed to be unimpressed, you know, I, (laughs) uh, and that's okay. I think it's, maybe it's okay to be unimpressed and that doesn't mean that they're all bad. Like it's not that I hate any of the operating systems or like, or not, not developing for them. I love my windows machine (laughs) two years ago, as much as I love it now. I love my iOS 11 as much as I love iOS 10 and I love my Android M as much as I or N or Nougat is Aurea, whatever, right? All the suites. I love all the suites equally. Um, Yeah. um, And honestly, my big takeaway from iOS 11 was it was a big software year. So mm -hmm. it's just uh, internal libraries year. So not even user facing stuff. So it's just which side do you want to get excited about? Eh, Pick and choose. Find the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think anyone can write in, let us know if you were unimpressed or if you have different thoughts on operating systems or how you're getting back into the swing of things in 2018. You can, of course, write us uh, by going to mergeconflict.fm. We have a little contact form. That's how Holly wrote this amazing question um, in, which was super um, delightful. Thank you so much. Um, which is really great. Um, you mm-hmm. can also find us on Twitter um, at Merge Conflict FM is there. We have a lot of great conversations going there. And of course, if you're interested, you can become a patron. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash Merge Conflict FM. There's also a support button on the top of Merge Conflict FM. And you can sign up to um, you know give us a little, little kickback every month. Um, if you like the show and then you get some discord, you get a bunch of goodies. Um, and in fact, um, some of our patrons are getting handwritten notes from me and Frank and some stickers. Oh my so God. that's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. I can't believe the things I agree to. <laughs> yep, you're welcome. So, uh, so that's about it. Yeah. I think also next week is episode 80, which I cannot be more excited for. That is our lightning talk Woo-hoo! round. So if you have ideas, we try to do six topics. Each of them get five minutes each and they're all generated. Most of them, at least generated by you, <laughs> the listeners. So head over to mergeconflict.fm to let us know. Until next time, this has been yet another interesting episode of Merge Conflict. (laughs) I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.